drugs, science, and everything else. They slap down a new topic and dash off to the next. It's a great big world with so much to know, like cryptids, time travel, and the history of Poe. If you wanna be a smarty, better learn something fast with Shannon and Jason on Slapdash Podcast. On today's episode, we are discussing the history of vaccines. Across the table is a man who survived the great potato pox virus of 2014. Oh, no. Jason Creekmore. How are you still alive, man? Well, Shannon, it took a while, but I finally adjusted. I've, I had to slowly give up my love of the potato. Oh, really? Yeah. That's kind of a sad story. Yeah. You like potatoes. Oh, more than anything. That's probably one of the thing, one of the very few things on earth I would line up uh, willingly to receive a vaccine for. <laughs> As long as, as long as I could eat potatoes. <laughs> That's pretty good. So we are talking about vaccines today. Kind of an interesting topic, one that's become more current and relevant in modern age. And we'll talk more about that here in just a little bit. Oh, yeah. But before we get into the modern vaccine that's on its way, let's talk a little bit about the history of vaccines for things that have been out there for a while. Well, that's a great place to start. <laughs> let's begin with uh, just the general question. What are vaccines? Vaccines, Jason, contain weakened or inactive parts of an organism that triggers an immune response within the body. Basically, vaccines are like a tiny, weakened, non-dangerous fragment of the organism that allows our bodies to prepare for fighting off the disease, right? So if you're going to get the Twinkie virus, you know, <laughs> you, you got to eat a few Twinkies up right. front. Just right? get a little Twinkie. <laughs> just, just, yeah, take, take on a small little weak Twinkie, you know, yeah. kind of jelly bean size yeah. and just pop those kind things. Of, kind of gradually build a tolerance up for it. That's right. Yeah. Right. That, that could be a really interesting if there were, uh, if there was like a vaccine for diabetes. Yeah. And, and you had to kind of build up your tolerance to sugar a little bit by just kind of taking on little jelly bean sized Twinkies. I think um, my love of uh, Starburst and uh, Sour Patch Kids, those type of things, I would probably have <laughs> would that a, come in handy? I would have quite the tolerance build up, I would imagine. <laughs> That's great. So this weakened version of the disease actually will not cause the disease in the person receiving the vaccine. So that's the good news. You that's don't actually catch it. All right. That's awesome. <laughs> right. That's why I'm taking the shot. <laughs> that's right. So that's, that's, why we're, that's why we're in, right? right? Because you don't actually catch it. But it will prompt the immune system to respond much as it would have on its first reaction to the actual disease. So gotcha. you're just kind of building your tolerance up a little bit. This allows the body to create a memory essentially of the disease so that it's easier to fight it off if you're exposed in the future. And that's one of the things about the vaccine. There's obviously no guarantee that you'll ever be exposed sure, yeah. to the actual disease right. or virus, right? Right. So you could be taking the vaccine and for no reason, really, for no reason, yeah. really, you know, so it's more of a preventative measure. It's not something <clears throat> that can cure the disease necessarily if you already have it. Right. <laughs> more of the same is not going to help you. <laughs> yeah. If, if, if you already have a, a highly contagious disease, you don't want to get like injected with more of it. <laughs> don't be don't be injecting the disease's little brother. It's, no. it's not going to help out at all. Uh, there's also been this emerging idea around something called herd immunity. Have you oh, heard about this? Oh, yeah. I, I've, I've read a lot about this. Yeah. And for some reason, I just immediately like think that we're all just become animals, right? Just the <laughs> word herd. Yeah. It's like you can just throw you know, uh, people and emotions out the window. We're all just a bunch of cows just grazing <laughs> around, and that's really kind of, in essence, what they're talking what about. Yeah. And when you said when you said that, uh, it's weird. You said cows. I always think of buffalo. And, <laughs> and until you said that, I never really imagined 
that I did that. But I've heard people right. tossed around in the news and articles. They talk about herd immunity. And every time they do that, I imagine just, just a wild buffalo. Just, just wild buffalo out in the field <laughs> grazing. I almost said a flock of buffalo. <laughs> A gaggle, <laughs> just flying over a murder of buffalo. Was it like a murder of ravens? Raven, yeah. <laughs> but uh, according to the World Health Organization, when someone is vaccinated, they are very likely to be protected against the targeted disease. But not everyone can be vaccinated, such as people with weakened immune systems due to cancer, HIV, or people who have allergies to some vaccine components. You know, it's just hmm. not everyone can receive the vaccine, right, for different reasons. And that's where this idea of herd immunity comes in. These people can still be protected through the herd immunity, uh, according to theory, right? This is the idea that if enough people are vaccinated in a community, enough buffalo, right, you know, the disease will have a hard time spreading, which will sort of de facto protect those who were unable to take the vaccine. Sure, it's just not floating around. That's right. I just kind of imagine everybody encircling this person who can't take the vaccine, and they, they have taken it, so they kind of have these superpowers. Right. You know, and they're just kind of fighting fighting off the uh, fighting the vaccine, <laughs> fighting off uh, the pathogen. Right? Sure, yeah. yeah. And we should have also uh, prefaced by saying we are not scientists. <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah. No. I'm working on my scientist degree. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I'm working. I, I should get it in the mail like maybe next week. Week. Okay, that's yeah. good. Did you, did you pay the twenty nine ninety five? Uh, yes, plus shipping and handling. <laughs> okay, I'm getting a certificate suitable for framing. Perfect. <laughs> See, the, the frame came with mine. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's pretty good. You're, you're a high end top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Jason, as we know, diseases are well. Number one, they're dangerous. Yep, right. number, I believe it. Number two, they're scary. Yes, they are. <laughs> yeah. But over the years, there have been many medical breakthroughs that have allowed mankind to overcome various types of disease. For the remainder of the show, we're going to discuss some of the most important vaccines throughout medical history. And we're going to start with one which is chronologically one of the oldest, at least one of the oldest we'll talk about, and that is polio. You ever heard of polio? Oh, yeah. Yeah, not, absolutely. Not Marco polio. <laughs> Marco <laughs> polio? No. Uh, I instantly always think of Franklin Franklin Delano Roosevelt, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. and that's When you say polio, I immediately that's think, what comes to think mind. of FDR. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, Jason, polio is a disabling and life-threatening disease caused by the polio virus. The virus spreads from person to person and can infect a person's spinal cord, causing paralysis, which is, of all the things on the list yeah. we're going to talk about, Probably one of the scariest. That one, I think maybe because most people could sort of uh, see getting over a high fever, sure. right, or or kind of whatever else. But when you begin to like not be able to move and you lose like the the uh, the ability to walk or, or something along oh, those lines, that's scary. That's yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah, most people who get infected with polio virus, which is about seventy two out of hundred, will not have any visible symptoms. You just nothing happens. Not even know you basically. You're asymptomatic, as we've learned. <laughs> you're asymptomatic. I've heard. I've heard that term. That's right, and that's that's about three fourths of the people, right, who, who get this, who actually get it. Yeah. Now, about one out of four people with polio virus infection will have flu-like symptoms that may include sore throat, fever, tiredness, nausea, headache, and or stomach pain. These symptoms usually last two to five days and then go away on their own. So, unless you knew better, you might think you have a cold. Yeah, really? You sure. Know, or, yeah. or the flu. Yeah, everyone's perhaps. experienced you know those before. A smaller portion of people with poliovirus infection will develop other more serious symptoms that affect the brain and the spinal cord. And this is the scary part. This yeah. is, when you say spinal cord, I immediately oh, <laughs> kind of tense up. Yeah. Oh, th nothing good happens. Like no. nothing benefits the spinal cord. No. <laughs> it's always bad. It's always a bad thing. These symptoms include 
paresthesia, which is like the feeling of pins and needles in the legs. Mm. You ever had your leg yeah. go numb or Kinda something? Kind of go to sleep a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So so that can happen as a result of polio. Meningitis, which is a, an infection of the covering of the spinal cord and the brain, which again, not good things. That's awful. Don't yep. want that going on. And or as we said, paralysis, which occurs in about one in 200 people who contract polio mm. virus, which that's, that's a little too high for comfort. I don't like that statistic at all. No, that's quite a few. Yeah. There's also some permanent effects. Those who actually recover from polio can develop new muscle pain, weakness, or paralysis 15 to 40 years after contracting the virus. This is called post-polio syndrome. I I had never heard of that. Yeah. So it's amazing to me that there's been enough time that's passed that this type of research has been able to be carried out that you can see that because, you know, any new or emerging viruses, you don't know the long term implications. But polio has been around for such a long time that they can say definitively that 15 to 40 years later, you can still have problems, even some of the most severe problems like paralysis. Yeah. Now, the polio virus is highly contagious and spreads through person-to-person contact. It lives in an infected person's throat and intestines. It enters a person's mouth and spreads through contact with the poop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a very technical term. I wasn't. Used in scientific I didn't know where you were going there. <laughs> uh, so it spreads through the con- contact with poop of an infected <laughs> person or droplets from a sneeze or cough. So, wow. yeah, it kind of scary. You know, 60 years ago, polio was one of the most feared diseases in the United States. In fact, late summer and during when polio was around was dubbed polio season. And you know how oh, we talk Lord. about flu season yeah. today? Yeah. I mean, polio season. I've never heard of that term either. In the either, common the vernacular. Yeah. Like, oh, let's get ready for polio season. That sounds horrible. That's awful. Swimming pools were shut down. Movie theaters urged patron, patrons not to sit close together. And insurance companies started selling polio insurance for newborns. So, wow. Yeah. And I imagine, imagine their parents are the ones who took out the yeah. policies. <laughs> probably probably, <laughs> probably not, not the infants. Not the infants. <laughs> In 1952 alone, nearly 60,000 children were infected with the virus. Thousands were paralyzed and more than 3,000 died. Some people who contracted polio were placed into a medical medical device known as an iron lung. Have you ever heard of these? I have heard of that, yeah. Uh, Basically, the body was wrapped in this big metal tube. You can see these horrific pictures. It looks terrible. This on Google. It is awful. And the head was sticking out of the top of the metal tube and a lot of times this was you know heavily affecting like children so you would see like rows and rows almost like in the matrix of like children's heads just sticking out of a metal tube and the rest of their body just being encapsulated and they were they were their heads were resting on pillows and they were just smiling and looking around and it's the stuff of nightmares man it makes me very fearful (laughs) for the future but the the device would basically change pressure to simulate breathing for those who were unable to breathe for themselves so it would sort of contract and expand contract and expand and that would simulate breathing for those who had become like, paralyzed. It's like put pressure like on their lungs. It would, yeah. yeah, sort of like air pressure. But uh, early attempts to develop a vaccine ran into several hurdles. A vaccine tested on 10,000 children by two researchers at New York University provided no immunity and left nine children dead. Oh, Lord. I didn't want to go there with it. Man, that's... I know that's, that's that's the worst stat I've seen. See that that's the kind of thing. Like any time that you're dealing with like some kind of medical type of uh, experiment, I mean, I don't know how else to say it, but you know, those things are going to happen sometimes, yeah. and that is just horrendous. You know, it's and people awful. people don't like to talk about that. Yeah. You know, but I mean, but sometimes those things occur. You know, as they're trying to to figure out, can we save tens of thousands? You know, yeah. and if I don't know, I, I I definitely would not want to be the child 
the parent of the child or the doctor involved. Absolutely I mean, I, how you could ever live with yourself, I don't know. I don't know, yeah. And other vaccine trials uh, were used on, quote, volunteers, and I use that term very loosely, at mental institutions. So basically they were recruiting people who really couldn't maybe, consent. Maybe make a yeah, decision for, for themselves, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at the University of Pittsburgh, Jonas Salk launched the largest human trial in history, injecting nearly 2 million American kids with a potential polio vaccine. <laughs> potential? Potential being the, the <laughs> operational word here. Let's, woo! <laughs> As in this might not work, and it might be worse than not working. When it was announced that the vaccine worked, Salk was held as a humanitarian hero, but it could have went the other way. Oh, yeah. I could, mean, could have been a mass murder. It's it's crazy. In 1955, the U.S. began widespread vaccinations, and by 1979, the virus had been completely eliminated across the United States. And at present, polio is nearly eliminated across the world with only a few areas in the East where it is still a problem. I think uh, as of uh, an older hmm. research article I saw, there were only like maybe 100 to 200 cases a year across the world now. oh really so yeah okay huh wow so, so it almost it's, doesn't exist it's pretty much gone it's yeah. been it's been moving out so so that's polio and uh you know i'm very thankful for the vaccine and I, i'm also thankful the world health organization in in the 80s launched a massive campaign to eradicate polio from the world and right thus far it's nearly been a success seems like it's worked which is great yep so jason what's up next on our list Shannon, next up, we have the measles. Have you ever had the measles? I don't think I've had the measles, no. I don't think I have. No, yeah. no. I, we're, we're, I'm, I do have a hard time like distinguishing measles from chicken pox, though, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. Is there like a big difference symptom-wise? Honestly, I don't know. I did have chicken pox. I did, too. So we'll, we'll talk. Yeah. <laughs> hey, all right, yeah. So we'll talk about that. But no, I did not have measles. But measles is one of the most widely known diseases in human history. In fact, according to historical documents, it's pretty much accepted that the first doctor to document and try to treat measles was a Persian doctor way back in the ninth century. The ninth century? <laughs> the, ninth, the ninth century. What was he doing? So in the 800s, he thought, hey, something isn't right here. <laughs> something is amiss, sir. Yeah. Bring me your blood. <laughs> Bring me those leeches. <laughs> oh, gosh. Could you imagine? Could you imagine, like, just the leeches, the life if, if you were a measle leech? <laughs> It's like something you would call somebody. Oh, you know, man. You dirty measle leech. That's terrible. <laughs> That's I not, think I just invented yeah. a new term. Uh, if I'm a leech dad, I don't want my son to go out and be the, the measle leech. <laughs> the measle leech. <laughs> Have some respect for yourself, yeah, man. Lord. <laughs> so this this Persian doctor way way back in the ninth century. However, it would not be until 1757. That's still a long time ago. Sure. Uh, until a Scottish doctor named Francis Home was the first to determine that measles was caused by an infectious agent in the blood. So definitely not a vaccine for it, but he knew what was going on. He knew it was in the blood. He kind of knew what was happening. Yeah. Okay. So way later, in 1912, measles became a huge problem in the United States. In the decades that followed, approximately 6,000 Americans would die each year due to the measles. Finally, in 1954, John Enders and Thomas Peebles collected blood samples from several very ill kids in hopes of creating a vaccine, which they did by using the blood of 13-year-old David Edmonston. Using his blood? Using his blood. It took several years, but in 1963, Dr. Enders transformed the Edmonston B strain of the, of, of the measles into a vaccine. 
Wow. So the vaccine that was ultimately created came directly from this 13-year-old from boy. From a person. From a person. From, from one person. In 1968, the vaccine was improved upon by Maurice Hillman, although the Edmonston Enders strain kept the name and has been the only measles vaccine used in the United States since 1968. So it's that potent. And we'll talk about that a little bit more about different different variations of the vaccine. Yeah. yeah. But for measles, it's been a one-man show uh, since, <laughs> since the 1960s. Today, the measles vaccine is part of the MMR uh, injection, measles, mumps, rubella. Uh, in 2000, measles was declared eliminated by the United States government and the World Health Organization Center for Disease Control basically the the, the definition of that it, it's not that there it's not that there aren't cases mm-hmm. it's that there is no continuous transmission for longer than 12 months like per capita in a certain population sure. so very very small numbers mm-hmm. uh, and so obviously the herd immunity between herd immunity and and vaccines don't really hear a whole lot about measles anymore yeah at least in this area now still worldwide this is an issue uh, as according to the world health organization more than 140,000 people uh, have died from measles uh, actually per year uh, roughly about 140,000 people die each year from the measles going all the way back even to to 2018. Oh, wow. So worldwide, still way over 100,000 people die each year, but not in this part of the world. It's in other parts of the world. But, Where are they uh, actually dying from? Like I know measles, it's it's spots, right? Sort of similar to chicken pox, yeah. rash. I, I think it's, yeah, I think what happens, it's just like dehydration, just, you know, like total fatigue, like sort of like a body shutdown almost, mm. like, an, like, like an organ shutdown, I think. I can yeah. see that. Is that. But it's it's like an extreme, extreme case of it, you know? Okay. Yeah. All right. So up next, we have chicken pox. All right. Yeah. And you, you said you've had chicken pox, Fifth right? grade right here. Fifth grade. Fifth grade. I don't know how old I was, but I think I told you this earlier when we were prepping the episode. I think I had chicken pox around the time that either George H.W. Bush or Bill Clinton. I don't know which one. (laughs) One of those Sometime right around there. Sometime in that time frame. Yeah. Yeah. And and I don't remember exactly, but I did have it, and man, was it itchy. Yeah. I don't feel good. I guess I was a Reagan baby, so I guess I had a deer, (laughs) and I I had the Reagan pox. Reagan pox. (laughs) So what is chicken pox? Well, first of all, it is uh, a combination of two words. Because when I was researching this, I have to I have to be transparent, man. I didn't know how to spell this thing. Right? Is, it, is, there, is there a hyphen? Is there, is hyphen? there two words? <laughs> is, there, is there a space? Is it P O X? Is it P O C K S? You right. know, I had no idea, so I, I googled very different variations. But it's chicken, you know, as in the bird. Right. Pox. P O X. No space. No hyphen. So chicken pox. One word. One word. Yeah. Okay. So l- lowercase p. Lowercase p, yeah. Ca- capital C. Well, you can or you don't have to. I, I, wow, it's yeah. a versatile virus. It's very versatile. <laughs> okay, I couldn't find any consistency in the capitaliz- capitalization, even like on the CDC website versus the World Health Organization. Really? Yeah. Sometimes it was capitalized. Sometimes it Man, was lowercase. Not even not even grammar can like contain this. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. No, this thing's out of control. <laughs> crazy, uh, crazy measles leech. <laughs> well, it used to be out of control. Not yeah. the measles leech. <laughs> So, Jason, chickenpox is an infection caused by the, and I'm guaranteed to say this right, varicella zoster virus. Absolutely, yes. 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 Okay. Uh Yeah. You're correct. Perfect. It causes an itchy rash with small fluid 
filled blisters, and I can't even say that. Fluid filled blisters. How's that, wow. how's that make you feel? You know, I don't remember the fluid filled blisters. I, I remember like, uh, I guess maybe I didn't got, get, get like really bad with it. I remember breaking out. Yeah. I remember running a little bit of a fever, not feeling great for two or three days. I remember itching. I do remember that. Oh, yeah. But I don't remember like. I remember it being like these huge welting blisters. No, no I don't remember that at all. No. Uh, it, it was more just kind of little bumps that I remember. Yeah. Of course, I was a little kid. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Oh, if that, I that's how I remember memory, it. But chicken pox is highly contagious to people who haven't had the disease or haven't been vaccinated against it. You know, right. you, can, you can catch this thing pretty readily. The itchy blister rash. <laughs> that's a great way to call it. Uh, it, it <laughs> I got the blister rash. <laughs> yeah. So this blister rash caused by chicken pox infection appears 10 to 21 days after exposure to the virus and usually lasts about 5 to 10 days. That sounds about right. That's, okay. that's kind of in my memory. I know I didn't have yeah. it forever. I, I had a week off school. I remember that. That's about right. About seven yeah. days or so. Other signs and symptoms include fever, loss of appetite, headache, and or tiredness. Now, chicken pox, as with pretty much everything on this list, is highly contagious. I don't think we ever say chicken pox is very, or, you know, whatever virus <laughs> is lowly contagious. That's right. <laughs> you can't catch it. You have to work to get you it. You have to work it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This one you're going to catch, and, and it spreads from person to person via close contact with someone who has chicken pox, usually through coughs and sneezes or, you know, contact with someone else's blisters. Right. <laughs> Try to avoid that if you can. Absolutely. About 90% of non-immune or vaccinated household contacts of someone infected with chicken pox will contract the disease. So if you're living in the house with someone with chicken pox and you haven't had it, nine out of 10 times you're going to get it. Uh-oh. So just, just kind of be aware now, of that. I have an interesting story about this. Okay. So th- this has been roughly, I don't know, about uh, probably about a year ago, I is, guess. Is it a chicken pox Maybe. party? It is not. It's not, it's not a chicken pox party. <laughs> okay. We thought it was going to turn into one. Right. So one of my daughter's friends came over and, and stayed all night with us, right? right? And so she'd been over a thousand times. Awesome girl. So they come over, you know, she stays all night. The next day, her father calls. Maybe it's two days later. Father calls and says, hey, Jason, got, got to tell you something. She has chicken pox. Ooh. So sure enough, she did. And and, and even if you get vac- vaccinated, it's like one out of every so many. That, oh, you that can still can still get it, right? Yeah, right? So she had it. Okay, so I thought, okay, all right. So you know, so I go, I, you know, I'm telling everybody. So you know, we have two foreign exchange students that are there at the time, right? And so I you start, start asking about their culture. I and- start asking, then <laughs> no, I start asking about their immunization records. Yeah, right. I said, hey, girls, uh, hope all's well today. Uh, let's see those papers you brought with you. <laughs> and so you know, I'm starting to tell them, and they're like, uh, oh yeah. So they they call their parents, and they're like, oh yeah, we're good. We've had you know, we've had that. So that was that was my one chicken pox story. That's pretty good. Yeah, I like that. So we were all good. Nothing happened it was fine it was right? fine okay so in the past some people weren't fine because some parents participated in literal chicken pox parties uh, i, I wasn't want to do that, about that. <laughs> and, and the goal was to intentionally expose their unvaccinated children to a child with chicken pox in hopes that they would get the disease so they wanted to kind of tell their kid, you know, go get in the sandbox with Johnny. Johnny looks a little bit different today. He's a little itchier. Give Johnny a hug. <laughs> Give Johnny a hug. Uh, you know, just kind of bump elbows with those blisters. And let's see what happens. Oh, Lord. And people did this. This was pretty popular. I, I've heard wow. of this. And so, in like, what time period are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I no definitive timelines given, but I can remember this in the '90s that this was a thing. Oh, that that late? That late? Yeah. I, I may have to call my mom after after this is over and say, "Mom, you know, back when I was in fifth grade." <laughs> The, the thing about it is most kids don't know it's a chicken pox party. 
Right. They, they just think it's a party. It's a jackpot. <laughs> you know, the parents are sitting on the sidelines just kind of rubbing their hands together and smiling. <laughs> and there's the kids just out there playing. La, 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 la. <laughs> it's, that's, that's the crazy part. So just to, to get it over with, right? Just to get it behind them. They, yeah. they wanted to go ahead and let their kid catch chicken pox, get it behind them. Because there was a time when this was just a common thing. You were expected almost to experience this as a kid, right? Like no one got out of it. Now that's that's what I remember. That's I mean, what I, remember. I, I remember like when yeah. I got it, my mom saying, "Oh, this is nothing. This is everybody gets this. Sure. This is yeah. yeah." That that's what I remember. Right. Now, you know, as far as these chicken pox parties, the CDC strongly discourages hosting or <laughs> participating in these events because, well, you never know how strong of a reaction a child will have to the virus, right? Right. So there's the chance they never get it <laughs> unless. They're partying next to somebody. You have you like, like, like a like a Facebook event, you know, where like you can, uh, you know, like like <laughs> you like, like, like accept or interested maybe or maybe. whatever, you know, interested in going. Yeah, yeah. that's what always Pox gets party. me. The, the, I can understand the people interested. I don't agree with that, but I can understand that. I understand the not going, but the maybes. But the, <laughs> I'll think about it. I don't know the people on the fence. Yeah. <laughs> Let's think it's over. Uh, but. There, there's a second form of chicken pox that you can actually come about uh, with as an adult. Have you heard about the uh, shingles? Shingles, yes. Yeah. yeah. Those who have previously had chicken pox as a child or have never had chicken pox are at risk for developing shingles later yep. in their life. Shingles is caused by the same virus that causes chicken pox and most often presents as a single stripe of blisters that wraps around either the left or right side of an adult's torso. Oh, yes. I, I know several people that have had shingles and i've heard that's really bad i've heard that's like that's worse than chicken pox oh like 10 times worse yeah. yeah so the u.s advisory committee on immunization practices recommends two doses of the chicken pox vaccine okay. for most children uh, the first dose is uh, given around age one and the second around ages four to six a single dose of the vaccine reduces risk of chicken pox between 70 to 90 percent and two doses basically just takes care of it right like, you know you, you have a very small chance of getting it now th this is interesting the vaccine is a live vaccine that is not recommended for people <laughs> with weakened immune systems it's like lava it's like you you're <laughs> just shooting up with chicken pox man that's what oh, wow. that's what's going on man. i mean it's more than a chicken pox party you're literally <laughs> yeah like you know what you're in for this as a is kid, a real deal <laughs> as a kid you have no idea you're just right. playing in the sandbox you know but you're literally just pumping yourself up with an iv of chicken pox <laughs> Yeah, it's, I, it's crazy. I think I'll pass. <laughs> Not all states report chickenpox cases to the CDC, but prior to the vaccine being released, it is estimated that 4 million individuals were infected every single year. 4 million people. Wow. So again, it was just sort of a, a common experience for, right. for people. Yeah. You know what else could be a common experience for people? Oh, it's a great transition. <laughs> <laughs> I think a common experience could be Checking out the slap. Oh, store. that sounds like a great idea. Let's check Let, it out. Let's do that. Hey, everyone. We're happy to announce that the podcast now has a merchandise store. Shannon, everyone loves hoodies and everyone loves coffee. Yeah, and you can pick up a nice Slapdash hoodie or a Slapdash mug and drink your next cup of joe right out of a Slapdash cup. <laughs> we also have t-shirts and stickers. Yeah, we do. So come on by and log on to www.slapdashpod.com forward slash store. That's www.slapdashpod.com forward slash store. 
Welcome back. Uh, today we are talking about vaccines. Another common immunization is the DTAP. So have you, are you, have you ever heard of the DTAP? Are you familiar with that? That's a, that's a rapper, right? Yeah, DTAP. Not little DTAP, just little. Oh, little, like L-I-L. Yeah, little DTAP. Now, is there an apostrophe that kind of signifies? If you want one, whatever. Straight up, okay, all right. <laughs> little DTAP. Little DTAP. I'm going to go to the doctor and ask for that. <laughs> you know, my ankle's swollen, got a little bit of sore throat. Can I have a little DTAP? <laughs> Just puts on headphones and gets out of record and starts scratching. Oh, wicked, wicked, wicked. <laughs> You've been detapped. You've been detapped. So what's so, detapped? So DTAP stands for diphtheria, which I don't want that. I don't I'm not really quite sure what that is. It sounds terrible. I don't want that. Yeah. Uh, tetanus, which apparently everyone at some point in their life thinks they have because every <laughs> everyone's either been scratched by like a rusty nail yeah. or a knife or stepped on some, whatever. I, I stepped on a nail as a kid. Oh yeah, ev- everybody yeah. has. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I thought I was kind of unique <laughs> in that. So it's just required. Yeah. I I, I had a So you're six now, Johnny. <laughs> Take a stroll out back in the junkyard. And yes, we're gonna go. We're gonna go to a pox party tonight. But before, before we do that, I need you to jam your foot right there. It's a tetanus throwdown. So, so diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis, okay. which is kind of sounds like a Greek goddess. It kind of does, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's it's also called whooping cough. So people I've heard of this. Yeah, I've heard of that. Now, here's what's crazy: is that the uh, the DTAP immunization, the vaccine, as we know it today, all right, kind mm-hmm. of as it exists and is being given out uh, to kids today, really did not exist until 1991. I find that amazing. That seems like so recent for something. That like really that. shocked me. Well, I mean, if you, I mean, I wouldn't have known, but if you'd had me guess, I would have said like 70s or 80s at the latest. Sure, but but 1991. So uh, obviously, DTAP is a very common common immunization. Uh, but parts of it, uh, particularly with uh, per, uh, per actually was examined in the 1930s by two ex-teachers. And this just, blow, this just blows me away uh, huh. in, in Michigan. Two ex-teachers, Pearl Kendrick and Grace Eldrig, that they literally helped develop or helped develop the the vaccine for the pertussis part of the DTAP. Oh, so, that's cool. so that existed for some time before the actual you know quote unquote DTAP as we mm-hmm. know it today is there. But that but that actually happened in, in the 1930s, and they said that basically they just got so upset at seeing these kids just <laughs> become sick, right? And they most of them would put always on their lab coats. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I guess they got their certificate in the mail. I don't know because I mean, I'm thinking <laughs> there's just two teachers, and all of a sudden. We have petri dishes, and we're growing this, and let's hey, let's take a vaccine. I don't know. That's wild. Different man. different times, I guess. Yeah, I always find it interesting that it seems like a, a lot of these vaccines, especially the early ones, uh, stem from like one or two people getting together and figuring out, oh, this is the vaccine, and they give it to the world. Yeah, this is how we do it, or yeah. this is how it should be done. Or but it's like today, you have like millions of researchers across the world trying to put yeah. together the pieces and figure things out, and it's it's just so bizarre to me that somehow like one or two people figured out yeah. like. The polio vaccine and the chickenpox vaccine and the DTAP. Yeah, I mean, it's just, like, just just yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's just like, oh, okay, I think I have figured this Eureka. out. Eureka! Yeah, <laughs> and then next thing you know, everyone's getting vaccinated. Yeah. So, so talking about <laughs> next thing you know, everyone's going to get vaccinated. <laughs> Is it that time, uh, Shannon? We're going to talk about something that we really have not talked about here, right? I think we've mentioned it maybe once or twice, like just in passing. Sure, uh, really, only when it's relevant. Only when it's relevant, yeah. So way back last March, March of 2020, uh, as the entire planet knows, uh, COVID-19 hit, right? It did. And so, Shannon, I know you and I talked about, especially when things got, when we figured out it was going to be how bad it was going to be, right? Like yeah. when, when April came and we sure. saw the whole world kind of you know falling, falling off. 
So we just made a decision that we were not going to talk about that. Yeah. That we were just going to talk about other topics. Uh, the world could learn about that through any other kind of media that they wanted. Literally. Yeah, all the time, day and night. Whenever. <laughs> yeah. But it was not really going to be a topic on Slapdash. And so we have some more information coming out that we'll share maybe in, in, in a later episode in regard to uh, some research that we're doing on, on COVID-19. But as we know, uh, COVID-19 uh, is the next disease here that everyone is getting ready to be vaccinated. Yeah. And so I just want to talk a little bit uh, about that. Uh, so you know, one of the first things that you hear people ask is, are you going to take it or are you going to get it? <laughs> right? Have you already been asked that uh, by like yeah. different people? I've asked myself that yeah. daily since since this conversation started. <clears throat> yeah. So so my answer to that, yeah, I've had probably 15 people ask me that. And my answer, which, who I, which I think is probably most people's answer, yeah. is yes, I'll take it, but it's going to be a while. <laughs> You know what I mean? Let's give it a hot minute before Let, we jump into this. Yeah. So if, if they offer this to me in March or April or whatever, uh, I might take it maybe like in July or August. Mm. Like I want I want this thing to be out there for a few months. Sure. And, and, but in terms of the vaccine, uh, there there is some really timely information that's coming out. Obviously, uh, Pfizer and and BioNTech, you know, two companies that are together that uh, have applied for uh, emergency authorization from the FDA, and that's actually going to be voted on on December the 10th. I'm sure they'll get it, too. So I'm, I'm, pretty, sure, I'm yeah. pretty sure they'll get it because, uh, because today, Shannon, when you do a little research, today was the last day that state governments had to file their plans on how to distribute the vaccine. Today was today. Well, oh, yeah, wow. was Friday, December the the fourth. Okay, and so the vaccine, whether or not it's going to be, you know, given the, the green light to go ahead and, and be uh, distributed, that's going to happen on on December the tenth for the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine. Now we have this other company called Moderna, mm-hmm. right? So they're making their own vaccine, and they're and that was going to be voted on on December the seventeenth. Okay, now. Just some interesting facts here. Both types of vaccines are, are going to require two, two, uh, two doses, right? So right. you take one, and then you take another one three weeks later. So one of the big issues with this, though, is that they, they, they both have to be kept at extremely cold temperatures. Uh, I think the one by Pfizer, it has to be kept at negative 70 degrees say one Celsius. One colder than the other, right? Yeah, and the other one's negative 20 degrees yeah. Celsius with uh, Moderna. So not a great shelf life unless you've got the no. ideal conditions to, to keep it. Right. And when you when you start reading, you you find out that places like Walmart, uh, CVS, that they have been purchasing these medical grade refrigeration units oh, yeah. in order to be able to keep this. And then obviously hospitals and, you know, and, and even the military mm-hmm. and stuff will, will have those. So bottom line is that the vaccine is probably going to be available to be given to it, it appears to be medical personnel. Right. Okay, first. First responders, yeah. doctors, nurses, yeah. that sort of thing. In about a week. In about one week from the this the, the airing of this episode, about a week from now, that's going to be open and be available to start being given to probably you know medical employees first in the medical field, and then uh, folks that live in long term care facilities, nursing homes, th- those types of things. High risk people. Yeah, it's going to take a while before I think you're sort of your average person, average age, average job probably will have access to to that vaccine, but it's not going to take real long. I mean, you're talking maybe somewhere between like March March to June or March to May before sure. you would have access to it if you want it. Just, but just a lowly podcaster. It's know, just like, a lowly podcast. You got trickle down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a while. Which I understand, and I respect that. I think oh, that's yeah. completely fine. But, but, but honest to goodness, before this calendar year comes to a close, uh, there could be as many as 20 million people 
already that have been vaccinated and not one has been vaccinated yet outside of the trials. Wow. So, but that's getting ready. That's getting ready to happen. And all of that has been done literally since, since March of last mm-hmm. year in operation warp speed. Is that the literal name? That, of it? That's what it's, yeah, that's, wow. that's what it's called. Yep. Uh, operation warp speed. And of course there are other drug companies as well. Uh, Johnson and Johnson is going to have a vaccine and uh, AstraZeneca is going to have a vaccine. So you, you may have four different vaccines. I mentioned earlier where the measles, there's just been one since the 1960s, right? right? Very short. You could have four, perhaps even five, and they're all a little bit different in kind of, a, you know, uh, for instance, the Pfizer and Moderna, it's not a live virus. All right. right? It's, it's what's called mRNA. And so that, that's a whole other thing. Uh, but I think uh, one of the other companies is going to be a very weakened version of the live virus. Wow, it's a whole other. <laughs> that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other level it's right like now. Shooting up with chicken pox. I mean. Yeah, that's tough. So, so Shannon, obviously everybody has been through uh, just you know really really tough times through COVID, and we're not going to get into all that. But I know just from like, and I'm sure you have some personal uh, things that's affected too, and those types of things. But I know for me, just going back to March, I mean how that's affected me and and, and my personal life. Uh, obviously, I, I've referenced you know we, we've had exchange students over the past. They had to go home early. That was really weird. We got contact by like the state department and different folks. And then they had to all of a sudden like just up and move and they didn't get to go through like their graduation ceremonies yeah, and things like that. And so we thought they were going to be there for like another like two, two and a half months. And then they were like just gone instantly. Of course, school's been called off. I mean, you know, my daughters have only like physically been in a school building for like four, four or five weeks since last March. Wow. Of course, you know, uh, I know uh, we're both in education. My, my wife's uh, a teacher that you know, she's had to teach a lot from home. Uh, restaurants have been affected. And, and on and on we go. But uh, for me personally, my day-to-day life, like I said, I try to stay as positive as I can. Sure. Uh, it's affected my basketball. I know that. <laughs> and I that, that's near and dear to my heart. It's kind of hurt my soul a little oh, bit. Man. But I'm hoping better times are, are coming up yeah. here in a few months. So so how about you? My wife and I, we were out one day, mm-hmm. and this was after everything had shut down. All the restaurants had shut down, and the movie theater had shut down here locally and all that kind of stuff. And it was, it was very recent after all of that had happened. Right. I don't think I had absorbed all of it yet so we went to uh support one of our local restaurants and we got takeout right okay. were, everybody was doing the curbside thing right so i think we got some mexican food and, and we took it and we drove over to a parking lot because at this time you weren't able to eat inside obviously right and uh, i don't even think you could do like outside at this time i, okay. I think it was just maybe you could maybe you couldn't but I, for whatever reason we didn't right that, that day so we had our mexican food we drove to the parking lot of the movie theater and we sat there and inside of our car, we, we sat in an empty parking lot and we just kind of sat there in silence and ate <laughs> our Mexican food. And I looked around and I noticed for the first time that there were no cars driving down the street, a very busy roadway, you know, where the movie yeah. theater is. I kind of looked to my left and looked to my right. And then I noticed there was another guy who was sitting at a picnic table, basically doing the same thing we were doing, just like 10 yards away or something, just sitting here eating his food quietly. Huh. And I noticed there wasn't like a sound in the world. Like Twilight Zone or it something. Was, yeah. It was bizarre. It was such a surreal feeling of all of a sudden, this is real. Yeah. 
Something's going on. The world has fundamentally changed. Maybe not forever, but today is different than it was a week ago. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 ab- ab- absolutely. So th- th- I mean that that was my first real like right. eureka moment. Like what was going on? Yeah. Uh, after that, it's just kind of been settling with that and really being hopeful that we'll get back to normalcy sometime, yeah. especially as it regards education. I, I th- you know it's it's been tough, but I, I really do think as as tough as it's been, I really do think in my heart of hearts that late spring in into summer is going to look considerably different i feel that way too i don't think it's going to be fully back to normal i don't know if it will ever ever fully be back to normal you know i think some of the you know with with folks wearing masks and some of the social distancing and just some of the the safety protocols and honestly just just to be quite honest some of those things aren't bad anyway sure you know i know that folks don't like wearing masks i mean i I wear them all the time if i go into kroger if i'm in walmart Mm -hmm. but uh but some of the stuff like with uh like plexiglass and some of that i mean you know, really, why not do that? Sure. You know, because I remember thinking, even when this is over, yeah, you know, we're still going to have the common cold, right? So, you know, that even even that I think is kind of a, a good thing. And then, honestly, social distancing. I mean, I don't want to be up against someone's shoulders anyway. <laughs> or I, you know, <laughs> right? So, yeah, yeah I, I I do think better better times uh, are ahead, especially when the vaccine comes out. But I have not had an injection in twenty six years. <laughs> Okay? okay, that's not an exaggeration. I yeah. mean that. I'm not quite sure what's going on, but I, I did read that there is some proposed legislation to give stimulus checks to tie it to COVID vaccines. Really? Yeah, uh, up to fifteen hundred dollars. So what does that mean exactly? That, so there, people are going to be I, getting a, money for. I'm assuming. The I, vaccine. I, I don't know this, but obviously they're going to want you to take the vaccine before before you get paid. I've not read a whole lot about it. You huh. know, so I don't know all the details. But basically, they're going to tie if. if you know, you take the vaccine. You prove that you've taken the vaccine. You will get a like a get the stimulus, li, li, like a stimulus check for or at that. least a fast pass too, or at least yes, yeah, yeah. something in that wow. regard. And I've also read a lot that there, you know, there may be some industries, like at concerts, for instance, maybe that will require proof that you've had the COVID shot or you know uh, vaccine. Uh, and and obviously, when when you get this and when you begin to look at some of the uh, the items that come with it, there's a very really generic looking COVID-19 immunization card. I mean, it's just like a shot record. That's really sure. all it is. It's just, yep, here's just my first dose. This is my second dose. Get yeah. on in to the yeah. movie theater or yeah. whatever. Huh. And it's interesting because I know that, you know, people talk a lot about personal freedoms and, and, and rights and all that. And, and, and it is interesting, you know, but really for the most part, nobody really thinks anything about uh, a child having shots to be, or immunizations to be required to go to school, right? Sure. No one really even blink, blinks an eye at that. Nope. I wonder in time if this will be the same thing. I wonder if we look back five years from now and it's like, oh, it's just a COVID shot, just like it's the measles or yeah. it's the chicken pox, yeah. right? I mean, no one even, that, that's not even a thing anymore. It's just part of what you do to enter yeah. into school, enter into business, start a new job. No big deal, yeah. right? So I just wonder five years from now, 10 years from now, if that's how we're going to look at it. Possibly. You know? I think probably so. Here's one thing that occurs to me. You mentioned the different companies that are putting out these different products and that yeah. there's several in the mix. Do you think there's a scenario here where capitalism gets involved and there, there's some competition? Oh, could be. Back oh, yeah. and forth with with the vaccine. I, yeah, I find that so compelling. I mean, yeah. it's it's kind of a dystopian thing yeah. if you think about it, because you have um, obviously different versions of a vaccine put out by different companies, and while the the larger overarching goal should be helping mankind and right saving the world, yeah. quote unquote, yeah. money's, money's involved, involved. <laughs> without question. You know, and, and you know, one vaccine. Oh, this can this has a ten day longer shelf life. Yeah, this vaccine is ninety six point two percent effective yeah. the opponents is 95.8 sure or, so yeah you're going to see those things and i mean i think it's sort of naive 
naive to think that we're not going to see those things, mm-hmm. just to be honest. Uh, the only positive about, maybe this is a, a bad term, but really flooding the market with vaccines. I mean, if, if, if they've all been approved and they are really all, all effective, okay? I mean, like, you know, Chevy's drive pretty well. Ford's drive pretty well, right? Nissan's drive, you know, you can yeah. drive pretty much any vehicle. There's a standard. Right. So if, if all these vaccines work to a high degree, uh, it, it's a good thing if, if these companies can produce 20 million in a month. I mean, it's, oh, it's not, it's not going to take very long at that rate, three or four months, everyone that will have it, right. that, that wants it, you know? Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting, uh, especially over the next, uh, I'd, I'd say between now, like April or May, if, if you, if you want a vaccine, I think you're probably going to, going to be given the opportunity. I think so. So we'll see. Yep. And we, we're on the cusp of history, my friend, to all these vaccines we've talked about at one point. It was probably a very similar conversation, albeit probably not on a podcast. <laughs> probably not on a podcast, right? Right. Yeah. So thanks to all of our listeners who support the show. Thanks for following us. We encourage you to share us with a friend and also check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram with the handle at SlapdashPod. We will catch you and not chicken pox in the very next episode. Stay six feet away from me. Thank you.